Welcome to the Christian Center's Sermon of the Week. The reading comes from Matthew chapter 9, and I'm reading verse 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in all their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then verse 37 and 38, where our focus will be this morning. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will make this word alive, that you will impact our hearts, that you activate us as the Lord of the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, I want to draw your attention. When this prayer is prayed, that there is a radical perspective. Jesus is bringing a radical perspective. He says, the harvest truly is great. The Lord of the harvest speaks and he says, the harvest is great. There are men, women, boys and girls who are ready to be harvested for the kingdom of God. Sometimes this harvest is obvious to us, but oftentimes we need to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I can see the harvest. Sometimes I hear people say, the place is too difficult. The ground is too hard. Jesus says, my perspective is the harvest is truly great. But there is, apart from a radical perspective, there's a radical problem. A radical problem. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. I want to submit to you that the problem is that there is not too few laborers. Our problem is there are too few laboring laborers. Are you with me? Those who are called to be laborers have become distracted, disengaged, discouraged, and their focus have gone to the wrong spot. There's a radical perspective, there's a radical problem, and here Christ comes and there is a radical prayer. The radical prayer, Matthew 9:38 says, Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. After I finished looking at the scripture, this verse, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. This is an extremely radical prayer. The problem is the words need explanation. For many of us, we just take it there. We glance over it. But I want to show you today 
that the harvest is so important to the Lord that He is the Lord of the harvest. The first thing that we need to realize here is what prayer means. This prayer here does not mean to make a request or to express a desire. It's way more intense than that. The word used here is the word teomai in the Greek. And the reason why I'm doing that is that you can understand what he's saying because the word teomai means to beseech, to plead earnestly, to beg. Can you see how it starts to change this prayer? Beg the Lord of the harvest. Don't just have a loose or a protocol little prayer. The Lord of the harvest says, the harvest is great. Too few are laboring. Pray to me. So the prayer here is the word Deomai. In Luke 5.12, it says the leper was begging for healing. That is the word. Desperate, praying, something must happen. When in Luke 9.38, a man was pleading for his son's deliverance. The same word. When Jesus prayed for Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, I, Satan sought to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. He used the word deomai, I begged for you that Satan will not succeed to make you stumble. Jesus was intense about this prayer. I also need to bring another focus. I don't want to bore you with study, but this is important. I want you to see what Christ was saying when he was saying this. This command, pray the Lord of the harvest, is in the imperative. And an imperative is a command. It's an appeal. It expects an active response. When Jesus, the Lord, our Lord, our Master, the one that we worship Sunday after Sunday, who's called the Lord of the harvest, says to us, the harvest is great. You need to pray for laborers, laboring laborers. You need to beg me. He's not making a suggestion. He's issuing a command. He's issuing a command. When a firefighter runs into a public building and shouts, vacate this building immediately, he is not making a polite suggestion. He is releasing a command. It's the same context here. It expects, when he says, pray the Lord of the harvest, he's expecting an active response. May God stir a prophetic eye to each and every one of us as we gather. May we realize that all over the globe, Jesus Christ is busy stirring his church for a harvest. But look where he starts. He says, I want to tell you my harvest is great, but you need to pray. You need to beg. I'm giving you a command. I want this to sink into our hearts. So when we talk about an imperative, there are two ways it can come. It can come as a present imperative, and that simply means 
You have not. You've been doing it. Keep on doing it. It's like when somebody runs and a dog chases him. He says, run. He's not saying start running. You're already running. He says, keep on running. That is a present imperative. When he says in Mark 7, ask and it will be given to you. He says, you have been asking. Keep on asking. But this command is in the aorist imperative. What he's saying to us, you have not been praying as you should. You need to start begging from now on. I trust that you will hear this word this morning and then something will shift in every church and every heart and we'll make it central and we will be start to doing something we've not been doing. This is what Jesus is telling us. Start praying earnestly. You have not yet been praying as you should. You need to start earnestly pleading with the Lord of the harvest. Why do we need to do this? Why did Jesus say so? Is it something he must do? I want to suggest to you that when we pray like this and beg like this, we are giving God permission to do something radical in our own hearts. I don't think we can pray this prayer and be passive. There is a command. A command that says the harvest is great. It's always been great. May God help you in this meeting today when you think the harvest is none of your business. Jesus says otherwise. He says this harvest is great, but there are laborers that are not laboring. And my solution is I want you to start to beg me because I'm the Lord of the harvest. There's something I need to do and something I will do. Hallelujah. I want to give another focus because this is very, very important. He says, I want you to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, when you look at that word send, normally when we use missional language, it's the word apostello. That's where we get the word apostle from, a sent one. This is not the word he's using here. He's not using the word apostello. He's not saying, beg the Lord of the harvest to send apostello laborers into the harvest field. No, he's using a different word. He's using the word ekbalo. For your understanding, that's why I'm going into this, not to try to be clever, because I think this needs to be seen the way Jesus meant it. When you look at the word balo, it means when the disciples casted their nets. To balo means to throw. That's what it means. When you take a saddle and throw it on a horse. When you throw the net. But the word ekbalo, actually it was used in the Bible when they were casting out demons. It means to throw out. Look what he's saying. Beg the Lord of the harvest to throw workers into my harvest field. There's nothing polite about it. It's not a little department in the church. The Lord Jesus Christ calls himself the Lord of the harvest. He says, it's my harvest. And you are my workers. 
you are my laborers. You've fallen asleep. Beg me that I wake up a sleeping church. Ask me so that I can beg me that I can throw out workers into the harvest field. Can you see the perspective change? Can you see if this had to happen? If we dare to pray this prayer and Christ start to answer that prayer, what will really happen? So there's nothing weak about this prayer. It's a radical, radical prayer. It's the most radical prayer you can ever pray. And my desire this morning is to see churches pray. No more protocol prayers, nice prayers. It's a begging prayer. The church is not ours, it's His. The church does not exist for its own mission. The church exists for His mission. We exist because He's got a harvest. He died on the cross for souls. So I want to say, this is so important, this harvest that Jesus associates with it. And He says, I'm the Lord of this harvest. So when Jesus walks in, can you imagine if Jesus had to become a leader in your church? He's not going to be super worried about what we worried about, like my ministry. He's going to be worried about the harvest because he says, I'm the Lord of it. He says, I've come to save souls. I've come to destroy the works of the devil. I've come to see my kingdom come. I've never come to play a game here. There's something so radical. I would say this prayer and see how you referred to yesterday, it follows. They went. And then they were surprised because they were able to cast out demons. And then Jesus says, don't be excited about that. Be excited that your name, name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Here's a priority here. My prayer here today, after today, that this prayer agenda takes forefront in every church. That there is a begging, a desperate begging like sick people who need a healer. Like somebody aching that needs an intervention. Our business as the church is to see souls saved. Of this building, I heard before my days, prophetic words that says, this is a barn for the harvest. Out of that is the mission born. And like Sia said yesterday, when there's a mission, there's a call. I'm almost done. I don't think you can pray a prayer, something like this. Lord, I beg you. As the Lord of the harvest. To throw out laboring laborers and then you don't include yourself. It's impossible. You have to say something like an added there. 
and I give you permission to start with me. It's going to inconvenience us. For us who are church leaders, some of us get so fed up of problems and people that when we come home, we don't want anybody to knock on our doors. We don't want to know the neighbors. But yet we preach. Listen, we need an adjustment here. I remember when I got born again as a young man, 20 years old. So it's almost, how long is it ago? Almost 50 years ago. Every human being I saw, I thought, are you saved? I'm telling you. When I parked my, when I stayed at a red robot and people crossed the road, I thought, are you born again? Are you born again? I was concerned about the soul of every human being around me. In the first 10 days after I got born again, or the first week, I led 10 of my friends to the Lord. My life so radically changed. They want to know what happened to you. I told them and I led them to Christ. Now we get technical. I'm a pastor. I'm a this, I'm a that. I don't do. Some says we need more intimacy. Others say we need more this. I'm saying the harvest is priority here. It is. It must be. It must be. It must be. And when we harvest, we've got babies. And we've got babies, we need pastors. We need counselors. We need helpers. All of us. But we all are to be thrown out. Not gently released. Thrown out into the harvest field. You're thrown out where you live, where you work. For some of us, God will say to you, pack up your goodies and go somewhere else. The burden is not ours. The Lord of the harvest calls. The Lord of the harvest throws out. The Lord of the harvest will tell you where you must go. The season has now come. We will see people go all over the globe. People will start to have visions and dreams and calls from God. And local churches need to become equipping stations. Don't just go and make a make a mistake. Churches need to train people to be harvesters. To go wherever you go. Be it in your neighborhood. Be it another country. Be it another city. Hallelujah. We must be led by the Spirit. In the book of Acts, it says when they worshipped and fasted and prayed, the Lord set so and so apart. Yep. What will happen? If prayer meetings is focused on the harvest, we will start to get words like send so and so there and there. If the prayer meeting is not focused on the harvest, if it's focused on Lord give us more of this, we need a new building, you're never going to hear any instructions of going anywhere. But when your focus is on the harvest, the burden for souls, the burden for the expansion of the kingdom of God, new churches to be born, places to go, guess what? The Holy Spirit will start to put his finger on people and we have to back them and support them and help them. I don't know what God will do. Let him do the work. I want to close by telling you 
that Jesus Christ himself, when it says he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, do you know that Mark, when he wrote this in 112, when he says he was sent or by the Holy Spirit, they used the word ekbalo. Jesus himself was thrown into the harvest field. He was thrown out by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, our Jesus. As a matter of fact, he was thrown out of heaven into our world. It was not polite. It's radically awesome. It's God that will do this. So I challenge us to pray a prayer. Lord of the harvest, I earnestly beg you to throw out laborers into your harvest. And you have my permission to begin with me. My prayer is, God opens your eyes to see your neighbors differently now. See your colleagues differently now. See your neighborhood differently now. See your city differently now. If we lose that burden, if we don't have that burden, I want to submit to you, we are not partnering with the burden of the Lord that's called the Lord of the harvest. I've been a pastor now almost 40 years. Let me tell you, every time I lose my connection with the harvest, leading people to Christ, casting out demons, and I'm dealing with church issues, I'm getting depressed and burdened and I'm confused because I know I've never been called to be an administrator. I'm a preacher of the Word of God. I was 20 years old. When I gave my life to Christ, I said, wherever you send me, I'll go. I mean it today still. It's not for fivefold ministers and pastors. It's for all of us. There's no difference between any one of us. I can't tell you where you must go, what you must do. What I can say, you must pray the Lord of the harvest. Beg Him to throw out laborers into His harvest field and say, start with me. Can you imagine the move of God that will be sparked? Amen.